What is going on, Ethos Clippers Nation? Coming at you on a Tuesday evening. The regular season is here. Yes, you heard me correctly. The regular season of NBA basketball is upon us. And of course, if you're a Clippers fan, you got to wait an extra couple of days as once again, the Clippers are the last ones to play Thursday against the Lakers. It'll be a Lakers home game. LA taking on Golden State tonight in game one. So they'll have game number two against the Clippers, while the Clippers will be their first game of the season against their hallway rivals. I'm Brandon Marcus, and of course, you know my host by now, Matt Mattawarren. You see him on Twitter, at Mattawarren, M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. And I made a little bit of a, I don't know what I would even call it, a, a plea to ask people to get Matt over 50 followers, and he is sitting on, you guessed it, 66. Yes, you go, Ethos Clipper Nation. You did it. You got Matt to 66. Matt, how does it feel? We are on the Brandon, first of all. So great to talk to you. B. Marcus, how the heck are you? It's just so nice to to be back on with you. I guess I did bury the lead there that I have not been around the last couple of podcasts. First, I was in Hawaii for a wedding and uh, I decided to bring back COVID with me. And so for the first time in two and a half years, uh, my family and I got COVID. So it's been a hell of a last week. First, it was me. A couple days later, it was my one and a half year old. And then my wife tested positive yesterday. So it has affected our entire household. But I am back. Um, I am almost fully recovered. It is a very weird feeling that I have every once in a while where it feels like I've been spun around, but I don't feel nauseous. It's just the other feeling that would go with going around and around and around. But apart from that, I'm doing well, Matt, and I'm ready to talk some Clippers basketball with you. I am ready as I will ever be. And just to hearken back to the Twitter thing, thank you everybody for following me. We're on the highway to followers. We're on Route 66. As Brandon said, we're ready to go. So I did hear that uh, one of the main things with these two pods that you recorded, Matt, was that you had a great sense of humor. So I I want you to continue that throughout all the podcasts that we do. It's uh, some dad sense of humor. I enjoy it. I love it. And uh, let's continue that through However long we do this for, uh, I want humor in these podcasts because it's going to be a long season, Matt, and we, we got to get the listeners excited to listen every single time they tune in. It can't be some dull stuff. You got to throw in those dad jokes every once in a while, all right? I will throw in as many dad, dad jokes as it takes, Brandon. Fantastic. All right, let's get to it. it. It is the season preview show. You heard me mention it, that the Clippers are taking the court on Thursday against the Lakers. And I think, Matt, we have to start with what has become the biggest story that is leading off Sports Center. I heard it was in the press briefing earlier today at the White House, and it is who is starting at point guard for the Los Angeles Clippers, Reggie Jackson or John Wall. There was a Chris Haynes report that came out that says Reggie Jackson. That was denied by Ty Lue. I'm going to be honest with you, Matt. I tweeted this, and I stand by it. I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter. Uh, It really does not matter who starts at point guard for this team. 
Reggie Jackson makes a ton of sense if it is Reggie Jackson, considering he has been with these guys for a couple of years now. He knows Kawhi Leonard. He knows Paul George. He knows Marcus Morris. He knows Zoo. It makes all the sense in the world for Reggie to start and for John Wall to come off the bench and give some juice and some speed to that bench unit. And I would be curious to see who's a better rebounder of the two between Wall and Reggie. I would assume that if Wall gets back to the John Wall we know, that probably Wall will be the better of the rebounders of the two guys, and you're going to want a good rebounder in that bench unit um, that Zoo is going to help with because rebounding certainly, as we'll talk about later, is going to be a problem with the bigs for the Clippers. But let's be honest. It really doesn't matter who starts. It matters who finishes. And not only does it, ma- not, does it not matter who starts, it doesn't matter because guess what? Like I said, it's who finishes the games and who finishes the season and who we're going to see in the playoffs actually play major minutes. What are your thoughts on the point guard situation? Yeah, I kind of agree. Not that it doesn't matter, but it's just such – it's too – great options and i think there is and this yeah. is going to be the clippers season um save Kawhi and paul george when they're when they're healthy it's going to be it's fluidity it's 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 going to be ever-changing it's an ebb and flow i said this um last week uh when talking about tyloo sort of decisions as far as starting lineups or just lineups in general you know he's known to sit guys for an entire playoff series and then in the next series they're featured it's it's all about matchups it's all about adjustments so I think it, it's going to be a fluid situation, and whether whether it's Reggie, whether it's John Wall, sometimes even if uh, Norman Powell, or you know, as Cheers likes to refer to him, Norm, <laughs> if he's in at point guard, so be it, because it's just it's going to be an ebb and flow. And as far as rebounding, I would probably think that John Wall would be the guy, but um, yeah, Reggie might start on Thursday, but I do think it's going to sort of be interchangeable and and like you said it doesn't matter who starts it matters who finishes and one thing is we don't really know what we're going to get from john wall and so that's another reason why i think it makes all the sense in the world to start reggie jackson you don't know what you're getting from a guy that hasn't really played competitive basketball in what three years so it's been a while since john wall has played a game that's been meaningful whereas you know what Reggie Jackson's going to give you. I, I mean, it really is that simple. And I mentioned the rebounding thing. And last year, averaged three and a half rebounds per game, close to five assists, and 17 points per contest. So he's a guy that clearly can score the basketball. He works well at PG. He can spread the floor. And he just is someone that fits well. And I think it makes a lot of sense to start Reggie Jackson. There was some talk that when Ty Lu said, well, now my decision's a lot harder. I thought I knew, but now I don't know. And that was after Norm Powell's great game that there was some talk that maybe Norm Powell would start. That makes no sense to me um, because I don't think Reggie Jackson and John Wall are two guys that you want together at first. Um, it may be down the line. It's something that could work out, but I think you need to split those two guys up. And just for now, Reggie works with this team. You don't know your game from John Wall when you're going on the court for game one of the season. I want what works. And that's why I think Reggie Jackson makes sense with the starters. I I completely agree. Especially you're right to kick things off. Go with, go with a little bit of what we know. Um, Reggie is proven to just mesh 
so well with this team, um, even when with Kawhi in, with Kawhi out, with Paul George in, with Paul George out. He's just, you know, uh, John Wall, I'm just looking this up on Basketball Reference. You know his nickname they have listed here is Optimus Dime? I had not heard that before. <laughs> I'm kind of okay with that that nickname. I, I think I like it. That's pretty sick. And yeah, for that's, the, that's not bad. For those of you wondering um, about John Wall, he's somebody that, um, certainly can rebound the basketball, but he himself, I mean, last time he played um, some bigger minutes, and I guess that was in 2020, 2021, when he played 40 games, he averaged 3.2 rebounds per game. He was a better rebounder at the start of his career and towards the middle in 2015-16 with Washington. He averaged nearly five rebounds per game. Um, so we'll see what type of juice he's able to give. But rebounding certainly is going to be um, something that you want from your guards because it's going to be a team rebounding effort throughout the season. So we'll see what happens at the point guard position. I think you and I agree that probably Reggie Jackson gets the nod um, just out of familiarity. I think that makes sense. And then we'll kind of see what John Wall gives the Clippers. And if it's something very similar to what was a max type player, which I don't expect, but if it was maybe in between a max player and the actual contract that he got, then maybe he does end up starting. But I think you go with Reggie to start now, and then you kind of go from there and we kind of feel it out. The The rest of the starting lineup obviously picks itself with Kawhi and with PG. Um, I guess let's pair Kawhi and PG together before we get to the bigs. How many games do you expect to see both those guys play? Because it seems like the, the cool number that's being thrown out as 55 for Kawhi um, for number of games that he plays. And my guess is PG is somewhere closer to 62 to 65. What are your thoughts? Because I think that you certainly need to baby Kawhi Leonard because it's his first game back in a couple of years. But at the same time, you need to get these guys reps together. And I don't love the idea of him playing. I mean, 55 out of 82, that's 27 games that he's missing. Um, he's going to obviously miss a lot of the back-to-backs. But apart from that, I think if it's not a back-to-back, I want to see him on the floor. And with PG, I think you need to do the same thing. And he can play a few more back-to-backs. It just depends how he's feeling. How much do you think the Clippers should baby the two of them? Because we know that this is... The season. I mean, this truly is the season. These two guys are healthy for now. As long as they are healthy, you have a chance to win the NBA title. But at what cost? I mean, do you baby them and try to try to get them to the postseason, or do you get them reps and kind of see where it takes you? Well, I, I have it on good authority that sixty-six is actually the coolest number, the most trendy one. It may or may not have to do with my Twitter followers. Oh, okay. Um. 55, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that quite a bit. Uh, 55, 57, in that range for Kawhi. Um, and you know, you bring up an interesting point actually about back to backs because we have two back to backs in this month alone, I believe. Right? It's yes. like, yes, uh, the twenty third or twenty second and twenty third, and yep. then at the end of the month, uh, the thirtieth, and then Halloween. That's uh, Pelicans and Rockets on that one. So, I- I'll be interested to see if. If it's like an immediate, no back-to-backs, can't do it uh, no matter what. Or because it's so early in the season and, you know, the guys haven't played all together in so long. I'm, I I kind of err on the side of reps. I would love to see 
in the low to mid 60s for Kawhi, if that's at all possible. I mean, you don't want to overexert him if he's yeah. not good to go, but uh, that's something I would like to see. And you know, Paul maybe a little bit higher than that in the uh, in the games play. That's something I would like to see. Just because reps and then come playoff time, like we want, we we, we want these guys. Like I, I was talking about fluidity. We just want, we just want it to 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 be on automatic. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think low sixties is a happy spot for Kawhi Leonard. I want him to play some basketball games, and I tend to think that he's going to sit um, on these back to backs to start the season. Mm. You look at Sacramento and Phoenix. I would not be surprised if he sat out that game at Sacramento. So he's able to play that quote-unquote home opener against Phoenix on Sunday the 23rd. And then you look forward to what you mentioned the 30th and 31st, where it's two home games against New Orleans and against Houston. And that one, I'm not quite sure which he would play in. I, I would think that maybe he would play in the New Orleans game and then sit the Houston game and then play at Houston a couple days later. Um, they obviously want to get as much rest as possible for him. When they do sit him, so whether that means two or three days in the front or two or three days in the back, it just depends. So we'll see what they end up doing. But I understand at the start when he isn't quite up to speed to sit. But the one I'm curious to see is Paul George. Uh, I'm curious to see how many games they sit him, how many back-to-backs they sit him. Because I don't think that he's going to sit a ton of back-to-backs to start. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I believe they will. But I don't think that'll be the case with Paul George. Um, so that will certainly be something to keep an eye on. And the Clippers need both those guys healthy. So I know I said it before that I want to see them get reps. And you need to figure out what makes the most sense, getting reps or keeping them healthy so that they can make a playoff run. And you can't make a playoff run if they're not healthy. So it, it really hmm. is as simple as that. Trying to figure out, I mean, I say simple. you got to try and figure out what makes the most sense, and that is either minutes or reps. And it's tough to balance. It really is, Matt. Um, it, 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 impossible to balance. Almost, nearly impossible, like, at least for guys like you and me. I'm sure Ty Lu can figure it out. Let me ask you this, Brandon. If, if you're right and Kawhi does sit in that first Rockets game yeah. on, on Halloween, do you think he will be wearing a costume? And if so, what do you think it would be? Absolutely, absolutely not. He will not be wearing a costume. He 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 thinks it's probably funny just dressing up the way he dresses uh, on a daily basis, and you'll get the huh huh huh, like the Terminator. That's what he'll be. He'll probably be the Terminator and just dress as Kawhi. There's no way he's coming in with a uh, with an outfit. That's that's the anti Kawhi. Okay, I had to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair. It's a fair question. I want to talk about the bigs because we talked about this um, the first podcast that you and I did together, and that was the hype around Moses Brown, and uh, boy, the Clippers may have something here, and that is like we expected, that is tempered, and people have realized that he is not a guy that's going to provide you 25 to 30 minutes and more as a silly season type guy in fantasy basketball. Um, Zoo is the starting center. There's already been talk about Zoo coming out at like the eight-minute mark, which is about four minutes into the first quarter, and the Clippers will go small, and then Zoo will help out the second unit with rebounding because they need the help there. And the Clippers have guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard that can rebound the basketball um, in the starting lineup. Where are you with the bigs thing? Because it's not really a problem, I feel like, in the regular season. 
I think you can get by with all different types of lineups. It doesn't really matter um, whether you want to go small one game, you have Zoo play 25, 30 minutes. It, it really doesn't matter. You make it work. The matchups are not the same in the regular season as the postseason. We just don't see those type of one-on-one matchups that we see in the postseason where a guy will be marked by a certain someone. I mean, you don't see Zoo on Luka Doncic, for example, very often in the regular season. But you'll see it in the postseason because it's what the Mavs make the Clippers do. So do you think the Clippers are hurt by not having a traditional number two behind Zoo? Or do you think they can make do without? I mean, how many times did we have to see Zoo switch onto Luka? Like, it gives me yeah. like, It was crazy. That happened every play. Yeah. Like, they were just gunning for it, gunning for it, gunning for it. I, I, I think back to what we were talking about um, several weeks or a couple weeks ago when we when we were first talking about Moses Brown and and the big situation and weaved into that we we had talked about potential trades or moves like will the Clips make a move will they trade some of their larger contracts guys that won't necessarily play big minutes in in, a, in crunch time in the playoffs and I, I keep thinking about that I'm thinking about that more and more and more because. I think I think against some of the uh, some of the teams in the West, like the Warriors, for example, who yeah. run small, we could we could definitely get away with small ball. But there's a lot of there's a lot of and there's like there's Denver, and then there's a lot of teams in the East with uh, Jokic obviously over on the Nuggets, and then like the Embiid's, even the Giannis's, uh, you know, just uh, I get scared about. If we were to make it that far, and of course getting ahead of ourselves, we may need somebody behind Zoo that can that can play real minutes and just sort of be a big body out there and and guard some people because we could get could get exposed. I think. Yeah, I mean, you can look at Aiton in uh, with Phoenix. You can look at Anthony Davis with the Lakers, and yeah. there, I mean, there there's certainly some bigs in the Western Conference that you mentioned. And here's the thing: you have the ability to see how the season goes. I mean, you can make that decision in February. There's no need to do anything now that will cost you a certain piece on your roster that you feel makes sense. That's why you have these first couple of months, you know? You want to see how it works. You want to see how the small lineups work. You want to see how many minutes Zoo's able to give you. Now, if Zoo gets hurt, then you're in some trouble. You're certainly in some trouble. But that being said... There have been a lot of centers that have been waived and that are free agents. So I think the Clippers will be fine in that regard. I mean, you look <clears throat> throughout the NBA and there are guys that have been let go recently. I mean, even guys like DeMarcus Cousins don't have a team. And I mean, there are guys that fit and, and that'll be fine. That can go and play 10 to 15 minutes off the bench for you. And the Clippers want to see what they can do with Zoo. They know they have a ton of guys like Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, Nico Batum that need minutes. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's certainly a weakness that they have right now is rebounding. And that's going to put a lot of onus on the guards to help out the forwards, which is why it's going to be really important for guys like John Wall, like Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson to crash the boards. That's going to be very important. We saw a lot last year that Paul George would rack up rebounds in a game. There'd be games where he would get eight to nine, eight, nine, ten rebounds. 
And Kawhi Leonard, obviously, is a very good rebounder as well. So it's going to take, it's going to be a team effort. And rebounding is not just the tallest guy, Matt. It, rebounding is very much effort. And it's who wants the ball. And if you want the ball and you want to block out and you want to give forth the effort to get the rebound, you'll get the rebound. That's why I don't think it's as much of a big thing as it is an effort thing. And if the Clippers want to have certain guys, I mean, if the guys want to play on the Clippers, they're going to have to rebound. And I think that'll be important for Ty Lue. It's going to be very important. I know I know all about not being the tallest guy, but I do try to give a lot of effort when I can. Amen. Yes. Amen. I'm right there with you, Matt. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, Thank you, Brandon. It's, it's, you just got to fight. You got to be aggressive and you got to want it. So we'll see what happens with the Clippers. But I, I like where they are now with Zoo. They obviously have the guys that can help out. Um, but we'll go. We'll see where they go from there. And just, just, sorry, just think back to that Zoo trade. Was it yeah. from Mike Muscala? That yeah. has to be one of the biggest highway robberies, uh, speaking of Route 66, in, like, in the history of trades. It changed the Clippers' complexion. I mean, I don't know what, where the Clippers would be right now at the center position if they did not have Zoo. He's been so important to what they do, and he's vastly underrated. And any Clippers fan that wants to go after him, I mean, this guy is so important in so many different areas of what the Clippers do, whether it's defending or rebounding. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's his screen setting. He is very underrated. And I think you can even say he, at times, is the third most important Clipper behind Kawhi and PG. And that very well might be the case this year with how small the Clippers are to start the season, that he might be the third most important Clipper. There's an argument to be made for sure, and it's it's not a hard one to make that, yeah, maybe right. uh, at times he certainly is the uh, you know the third most, most important guy. I mean, even in that last preseason game we had against Denver that the Clippers ended up losing, but he did D up Jokic really well. I mean, what do you have, four fouls in 17 minutes or something like that? It, I mean, it was, it was just it was good to see him out there, and he's very important, as you say. We've talked about the bench, I feel like, at nauseum, whether it's Kennard or whether it's Covington, whether it's Norm Powell. Where Norm. do you where do you want to go with this one? What do you want to talk about next? What part what what intrigues you the most that we have not discussed? You know, it, it it's funny because we talk we talk so much about about rotation and we do talk about the bench ad nauseum. I wonder I wonder if it's um so what we talked about last time we spoke was tempering expectations for guys like Moses Brown, like a, a Jason Preston, like you know a, a Diabate, guys like that. But what about our expectations? And coming from the fan perspective here, what about just the expectations as a whole? Where it's you know this is a pretty there's some pretty lofty expectation and there's there's a lot on the line um, coming up this season. Yeah. How should we how should we be approaching that? I mean, with with an air of of like extreme caution because we know we know what can happen, or we've seen you know we've been Clippers fans for a very long time, and even if yeah. you're not, there's a well documented history of collapse after collapse after collapse. How should we be approaching this as fans? Watch it, just watch it with with fun, and obviously it's going to be fun. But where 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 should we stand? What should we be? Where should we be positioning our minds and our, let's be honest, our souls uh, in this upcoming season? I'm glad you brought this up because I've been trying to think about this myself and also trying to figure out the correct way to pose this one. As in, 
season expectations, record, all that kind of stuff. And I think one of the last things you said is the most important thing. And that is that we have to enjoy what we have. Because if you would have told us that the Clippers that had Michael Olokandy and Eric Piekowski and Darius Miles and Corey McGetty and Earl Boykins. And I mean, you look back at all these Clippers, Bobby Simmons, that we would suddenly be rooting for Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. And I mean, we'd be rooting for two of the best players to ever play in our generation. I don't think we would have believed you and so i think we're perfectly positioned now to enjoy the game of basketball it doesn't happen very often as a fan where you're given this team and you are used to losing but now you have a whole new direction under a new owner and steve ballmer a great head coach in tyron Lou. so i think really matt it's uh, i'm enjoying the ride and you have to find that happy place between, A, the expectations of, hey, this this certainly is the year that you want to win it all. I mean, you want to win the NBA title. Every team wants to win the NBA title. This would have to be the year if you're the Clippers. I mean, this certainly would be one of the years with everybody if everybody stays healthy. But at the same time, enjoy it. You know, this is damn good basketball that we're going to have a chance to witness. So that that's where I am. What about you? Uh, I'm completely on that boat with you that party boat that i'm sure you were on in hawaii celebrating my 50 plus followers damn right i you know there's there's an inherent sense of doom and gloom when when you've been a clippers fan for as long as you and i both have you know um it's like what doctors say like uh you 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 feel you feel a certain sense of dread because you've seen what can go wrong. Mm-hmm. But like you said, this is the year. If we're gonna win it, this is gonna be the one. And gosh, I feel like we are we are gonna be in for a treat for some some exciting and quite honestly beautiful basketball. Um, if everything you know, I mean, uh, if I say the word given health or the phrase healthy again, it's you know that that's an ad nauseum. But I do think this is a year to enjoy and to appreciate appreciate what what we are. Um, if you hear a little tap dancing, that's just one of the dogs walking in on the hardwood floor. I don't know if you can hear that or nice. not. Nice, yeah, but, I did. That's great. <laughs> there's not they're not barking yet, um, so we can count our lucky stars, and we can also count our lucky stars on what we get to watch this season. Yeah, from guys like like you said, Kawhi, Paul George. I remember the night. When I found out about the trade, I had tears in my eyes. I woke everybody up that I knew. Get up, get up. Guess what just happened? And hopefully we get to watch it come to fruition this season. Yeah, and I think that's that's the tough part is that there's this hope in front of you. And mm-hmm. what can be? How good this team can be? That means not often in our lifetimes the Clippers are projected to be one of the top three favorites to win the NBA title. But that's currently where we are right now where a healthy Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Norman Powell and Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, Nico Batum, Kennard, Zoo, Reggie Jackson, John Wall. I mean, this team is deep. Terrence Mann. I mean, there's plenty of other guys, Kennard, that can play meaningful minutes. And this is a really good team that's well run from top to bottom. I mean, the ownership is great. 
The management in the front office is great. The coaching is great. And the players are great. You don't get that often where every single layer in an organization is set up in one of the top possible ways. I mean, you look, they are outstanding. A-plus from top to bottom, from the roster all the way to the ownership. And there's the, this is the year, you know? This is the year. So uh, it's one of those things where the expectations are so high, you expect to win every game. But at the same time, just be happy we've got this team, you know? For all the crap the Clippers fans have dealt with over the years, be happy that we're in this place, that we have this opportunity, and let's just see where it goes. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. I have to take it, I'll take it a step further. Also, I know I noticed you said crap, but you almost said something else. The true sign of a Clippers fan, because you know what we've actually been through, the real word for it. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, you like you said, from top to bottom, like, we... Now we have ownership that we, we can be proud of all the way down the line. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a great place to be, and it's nothing that any of us should take for granted, that's for sure. All right. So, I mean, I feel like we've broken down the roster and the key pieces. I guess, I mean, I, I don't want to make this too long. Um, a, because people have about two days to listen to this. Um, and B, because there's only so long my voice can go. But what are you looking at record-wise? If you had to project this Clippers team in 82 games, what do you expect the record to be? And what seed do you think the Clippers are going to be? Because I've seen anywhere from around one to four probably for the Clippers. Um, I don't even know where to go with this, honestly. That's why I'm asking you this first, because I have no clue. So I'm curious to hear your point of view first. Um, how many wins do you think this team gets? And what seed do you think they are? Well, I, I don't think we approach. Well, maybe approach is the wrong word. I don't. I don't think sixty is in the cards. I think that's really lofty and really, really, really hard to get through. Especially, you know, with the dog days of the season um, after the new year and all all that kind of stuff. Just but, for some perspective, by the way, the Heat last year went fifty three and twenty nine uh, to win the just, East. It, you just stole my number. That's exactly and, what I was going to say. And the Suns went 64 and 18 to win the West. And Memphis was 56 and 26. Golden State went 53 and 29 to get the three seed. So you're saying 54 wins? I, 53 I was going to say 53, but we can bump it up to 54. No, I think, I think, I think in that range. Reasonable. 50, 53, 54, you know, 55. But I, 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 you know, we will, we will drop some games here and there. Obviously, you're not, we're undefeated right now. Not going to stay that way. But I think that's around. I think that's around where where it settles, and that's good for either the second or the third seed in in the in the conference. I think there are going to be some teams that might be motivated to just rack up the regular season wins. Yeah. Um, I'm like I'm looking at the Nuggets maybe, or just you know just trying to really really go for it and get that number one seed, which I don't know that we'll be incredibly concerned with. But I do think in in that area, we'll be in the in the the two or the three seed, I would think. Um, yeah. With about with about fifty three to fifty five wins would be my guess. So I believe the over under is fifty two, and the Clippers last year were forty two and forty, and that was a PG missing a ton of games, Kawhi not even playing, Norm Powell being acquired at the trade deadline. So I think that's worth about ten wins. So yeah, I'm gonna go right at fifty three. I'm right there with you. 
Um, I think 53 and 29, right where Golden State was last year. So I'm going to put the Clippers as, I think, the two seed. I think the West will be a little bit more difficult this year. So I, I'll say the two seed at 53 and 29 and very close to 54 and 30. I mean, 52 and 30. Yeah, is that because that, that's the uh, over under there? So yeah, fifty two and thirty, fifty four and twenty eight. Uh, I could see right in that area. So I'll, I'll go, I'll go two seed for the Clippers with fifty three wins, which I think would be a, a wonderful outcome. Oh, absolutely! It's well within the realm of possibilities. I, I'm right there with you. I'm in that. I'm in that range for sure. I think that's, I think that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I think so too. And, and we'll see where where it goes. Obviously, I mean injuries to anybody really can change this, whether it's sure. on the Clippers or it's throughout other teams, whether it's Steph Curry that, for example, would get hurt, or if it's John Morant that gets hurt or Nikola Jokic. I mean, it, it changes all these things, but the only thing we can do right now is project these teams as healthy. And that's the one thing with the Clippers. Everyone says, well, I want to see it. Well, it's okay. I understand that you want to see it, but with the roster that we know that every team has, the Clippers have what I think is the best roster on paper. And, should make it to the NBA Finals if healthy. Now, will they? Different story. But I think I have to go into this projecting that they're going to make the NBA Finals. Yeah, it sort of seems like, and in saying that, with like the if they stay healthy, it's like the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers sort of resemble a former's a former Clippers uh, player, Baron Davis, in that they seem like they have like they're one of the biggest butts team <laughs> um, in the league this season. In that. Uh, a lot of people will be like, oh, I, I predict that the Clippers, they're one of the finals favorites. But, and then, you know, then we then they go down the, the list of Kawhi's uh, games play. They go down the list of Paul George's uh, surgeries or what have you. They go down the list of so on and so forth. So it does seem like the Clippers are one of the most, um, one of the teams that people believe in the most and at the same time have the most question marks about. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it, is that the Clippers, as currently constructed, people think they're going to win a lot of games, but they also want to see it, and it's understandable, and we're going to get a chance to see it in two days when the Clippers take on the Lakers, and old friend Pat Beverly in what should be a very fun game. The Clippers have owned the Lakers of late. We'll have a podcast for you at the weekend. Matt already mentioned it, but the Clippers... We'll have a back-to-back, and that will be, I believe that's going to be Saturday, Sunday, um, is the Clippers back-to-back, if I'm not crazy. I think the first game is Thursday, and then they go Saturday, Sunday. They do indeed. They go at Sacramento, and then Sunday versus Phoenix. So if all goes according to plan, try and podcast to you on Friday, and then recap those games against Sacramento and Phoenix before the Clippers take on Oklahoma City in a couple of games. But I think the most important thing here is, Matt, the Clippers need to start off well. They have a really easy schedule. L.A., Sacramento, Phoenix is tough, OKC, OKC, New Orleans, Houston, Houston, San Antonio, Utah, Cleveland, Lakers. I mean, that's a lot of wins that should be there for the Clippers before they take on Brooklyn on November 12th. I think that's the key. If I look at the schedule, Matt, I think that's what I want to see. I want to see the Clippers start off well. We The Clippers need to come out, come out strong, come out swinging, um, because... At the end of at the end of the season, 
look, if we don't take care of these games that we're supposed to, you're going to look back and our, our yeah. 52, 53, 54 win prediction is now 48. And we're like, right. Wait, what the heck happened? Yeah. It's you because got, he dropped these early ones. You got to win games it. while you're healthy. And mm-hmm. that, that's the key. The Clippers have 12 games before that game against Brooklyn. You need to be nine and three at minimum, I think, is, is what I want to see the Clippers be going into that game against Brooklyn. That's that's where I want to be, too. Great. Cool. Well, Matt Mattawarren at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. I am at B-D Marcus. Of course, you can follow the Ethos Clippers podcast on Twitter at Ethos Clippers. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Tell us how much you like Matt's dad jokes. Of course, you can reach out to both of us on Twitter. We really appreciate everybody listening. Um, I hope you enjoy those solo pods with Matt. And a big thank you again to you, Matt, for taking the helm while I was traveling and then getting sick. And so I hope everybody's enjoying this. Uh, Matt and I are going to be together throughout the season. And he has certainly lived up to my expectations and more. And I hope that's the same going to be for the Clippers, Matt. I hope they live up to our expectations and more and bring back an NBA title. Um, to the fan base. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you for having me. It is, I know I speak for myself and the audience at large. It is just such a pleasure and a joy to have you back. I can't wait to talk more throughout this season about this team and this evolution, the progression of what's going to be happening, a, a run to the championship. Let's hope. And let's have some fun. What are your dogs doing, by the way? Uh, so Trevor, uh, with two R's, I don't know that I, uh, he's having, he's having a, a sip of water. Right okay, now. I, I thought that's he may, what I he, heard. He may be, he may be the <laughs> loudest, uh, water drinking dog that has ever existed in the history of dogs. If anybody thinks that they have a louder one, please, uh, let me know on, on Twitter. Oh, that's good. Uh, but yeah, this dog, this dog can drink some water. Outstanding. Well, you stay hydrated and until next time he's Matt. I'm Brandon. Enjoy the game on Thursday and go Clips. Go Clips.